Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. Way back in 1854, in America, a man called Ulysses S. Grant was a soldier in the army, but unfortunately drink overcame him, and so he had to resign from the army. Later, when he'd won the battle over drink, he came back into the army, and uh, he became quite a famous person because in 1862, he won the battle for Fort Denelson, for Fort Denelson, and uh, as a result of that, President Abraham Lincoln promoted him uh, to the rank of Major General. Then they sent him out as major general, and he won some very costly battles in several regions during that time of the Civil War, and uh, he got again promoted to the rank of lieutenant general in 1864, and he was given charge of all the Union armies. Well, having achieved that rank now, he went out and fought some more battles, and he defeated someone who is pretty famous in American history, uh, Robert E. Lee. And because he defeated Robert E. Lee, he was again promoted to the next rank up, and he was given the rank of General of the Armed Forces. So he just went from battle to battle and from strength to strength and from rank to rank. And they say because of all the battles he won and all the rank he was given, he was then perfectly positioned to become the president, the 18th president of the United States. And not only did he become the president, but he served for two terms. Every battle he fought increased his rank until he ended up top ranked. You can't get higher than the rank of president, can you, of the United States of America? This story illustrates a principle that I want to teach you this morning that is true spiritually as it is in the natural. And the title of the message is, Our Battles Determine Our Rank. Your rank or status in life, once you're saved is determined by the battles you fight and win. If you're overcome by a battle, your rank is lowered. But if you win the battle, you go up in life with God. Does that make sense? He loves you, you're saved, but you can be a saved slave. Think of it like this. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They enjoyed high rank with God, high status, close to God, but they lost the battle with temptation. As a result, they were demoted And they became people who experienced pain and challenges and hardship because they lost the battle of temptation. If you go further in Scripture and you read the many illustrations, but King Saul, King Saul was told to go out and kill the Amalekites and to not leave anything alive. It was God's plan because the Amalekites had bothered Israel for all their history and King Saul lost the battle. He not only lost the battle against the Amalekites, he actually won that battle, but he lost the battle of obedience. As a result, he kept the king alive and he took some of the spoil and the kingdom was stripped from him. He was demoted and David replaced him as king. Am I making sense? So can you see this principle? Now we see it again in the life of Jacob. Jacob is on his deathbed and he's prophesying over his sons before he dies And as he goes through them, the firstborn should usually get the first rank and the promotion. I want you to notice here, as uh, David is speaking, he prophesies over Reuben, Genesis 49, and he says, Reuben, you are 
my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. But then he says, turbulent as waters, King James says, unstable as water. He says, you will no longer excel. Oh dear, but he's the firstborn. He says, for you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and you defiled it. In Genesis 35, it tells us that 40 years earlier, he had gone and seen one of his father's concubines, and he had taken her and had sex with her on his father's bed. So as a result of losing the battle over temptation, over his desires, he is not promoted to the firstborn that he ought to be. He's demoted from the position he could have enjoyed. Are you with me? So as Christians, God's got great plans for us. We are, we are called to great things, but if we don't win the battles, we won't achieve the rank. And God is speaking to many people in the room today saying, hey, if you can overcome the battle, I can increase your rank. You can have great standing in life, a position of strength instead of a position of slavery. Think of someone like Elisha. The Bible says that he was in business, plowing with 12, the 12th yoke of oxen. They had money to have 12 yokes of oxen meant that they had a fairly large property and they would have generated a lot of wealth. Elijah comes, drags the cloak over him, calls him into ministry. Now he faces the temptation of fear instead of faith, the temptation of wanting to live with wealth and be in the world rather than obey God. But he cuts up the oxen, cuts up the, burns the plow, and he goes and follows. And the Bible says later, when Elijah dies, Elisha gets a double portion. In fact, he was higher ranked than Elijah. Are you with me? So it's very important for us to understand how this works. Even the devil knows this. He knows that when you win battles, you'll achieve a higher rank. No one in the world can lose battles and get anywhere in life. If you can't win the battles with the people that you work with, you can't win battles over alcohol, you can't win battles over your weight, you can't win battles over your mind, you will never excel in life because your battles determine your rank. Am I making sense? So how many of you remember the story in 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath? Goliath is a massive man, three meters tall, and he comes out to threaten and intimidate Israel. A three meter tall man is a, is, is a pretty tall man. And you can imagine as his voice bellows across the, 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 the valley, how Israel must have felt, this massive guy with these massive weapons, with this huge voice. One of the scholars says this in one of the commentaries, that uh, Goliath has the most detailed description in the Bible of any man. I don't think that's by accident. God is trying to show us that no matter how big the giant and how detailed the size of the giant is, we can still overcome. And he's called us to overcome. And we can win the battle over our giants. Are you with me? So I want to read you because we, we need to understand that Satan's goal is to dominate us and to reduce us, to reduce us to servants and slaves. But God's goal is to cause us to overcome so that we might go up in life. 1 Samuel 17, reading from verse 8, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? In other words, the devil says to us, why bother? But God says, watch. Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. Now notice what he says here. If he is able to fight and kill me, 
We will become your subjects. Let's just pause there. Do you realize the devil knows that there's a possibility that if you beat him and you win the battle, you can be the head and not the tail. And so he's declaring, he's not saying we're going to beat you, maybe you might beat us. He's actually outlining the possibility that we can win. The devil knows that if you win your battles, you will move forward in life into a position of strength. And he goes on to say, but if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites and Summit Rivers were dismayed and terrified. Fear comes. It's like the giant and the spiritual giants of our lives say, I dare you to try. I tell you what, 2020 is the year of living victoriously. 2020 is the year of overcoming. And the word there to overcome that, that Goliath uses is, is to overcome difficult circumstances and to be victorious and to be in a position of strength. How many of God doesn't want you to be in a position of weakness? He wants you to live from a position of strength. And uh, he promises rank. He promises promotion. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be where I was last year. I want to be in a greater position of strength, a greater frame of mind, and I want to be stronger in the Lord for the bigger things He's called me to do. Because as He promotes you and moves you up, He gives you more responsibility, more opportunity, and more favor. I don't just want to get into heaven by the skin of my chinny chin chin. I want to stride in as more than a conqueror. Can you say amen? So overcomers, let me give you four things here that overcomers must remember, and then I'll give you seven areas in which we must win, win the battle. Four things overcomers must remember. Number one, don't listen to the mighty, but to the almighty. You'll find that the, the, the voice of your flesh will sound mighty. The struggles and temptations, the, the, the battle to obey is mighty, but we need to listen to the voice of the almighty because rank awaits us. Number two, look at everything in faith, not fear. God wants you not to look at what's impossible, but what's possible. King David, when he took on Goliath, and most of us know the story, he defeated the giant by throwing a stone at his head, and the giant fell to the ground, and he cut his head off. David said, I will, I will, I'll give your flesh to the beast, and God will. He spoke with faith, not fear. And everyone else was in fear, but this young man knew what it meant. To win his battles. Number three, look past, sorry, look at past and future victories, not present weakness. You've got to remember what God's done for you in the past where you've won. And you've got to look at what he will do. Don't look at your current state, your state of mind, or your current challenges. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. Past, future, not present fear, present weakness but faith and possibility. But number four, this is very important, church. Our battles will always determine our rank. Where you end up in life is determined by the battles you win. If you can't win the battle at work over discipline, punctuality, respect, and, and excellence, you will never be promoted to management. You don't get given management because there's a quota. You get given management because you earned it by overcoming the battles in your life. The battle to get up early. The battle to keep your mouth shut. The battle to speak when you have to speak. Those are battles. 
which then earn you managerial promotion. Then if you get to managerial promotion and you're handling money, the battle not to steal, the battle which is impossible in South Africa, it seems, but a battle that Christians should win. And if you win that battle, they give you more money and more promotion. Your battles always determine your rank. Politics don't determine your rank. It's not some mysterious thing from God. It's your battles that you have to win. Now notice here, as we talk about this, notice what David asked the men around him when he got to the battlefront before he killed Goliath. He turns to them and he asks them, what will you get if you kill the giant and you win this battle? Notice the men here, 1 Samuel 17. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. How many of you know that's promotion? He will also give him his daughter in marriage. You'll end up ranked amongst royalty and will exempt his family from taxes. My, you'll have a lot of money to spend. You'll be in the rank of luxury. And so there's three things here. Can you see that whenever you win a battle, your rank improves? And we mustn't forget that. But there are areas in which we must win our battles. Number one, the battle we have to win if we're going to achieve rank is firstly in the area of our fears. Our fears. You cannot be fearful and move ahead in life. And David was 17 years old, they say, just a young man, but he didn't live with fear. He won the battle over his fear, and he was able to step forward and overcome and then move up in rank. He ended up becoming the king's son-in-law. Now, our fears are so, so easy to, to, to get the grip of us. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet when he was just 17. And I love what he said to Jeremiah because I believe this is the spirit that David had in his life. And, and the, remember the Lord speaking to a 17-year-old. He says, get yourself ready, Jeremiah. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them. That's the children of Israel were terrified because of their life. Or I will terrify you before them. Today I've made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. Don't, don't allow people who are higher than you, bigger than you, stronger than you to intimidate you. And he goes on to say, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. How many of God is on our side? Hmm? We can overcome our deepest fears through his strength living in us. Not through just confidence, not through waking up in the morning and saying, you can, you're good looking, you're nice. Look how many likes you had on Facebook. You can do it today. You go, girl. No, 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 no. Don't talk rubbish to yourself. No, it's Christ in me. It's the Lord who, on my behalf, gives me faith. It's not just positive thinking. It's God. And your fears will lie to you because your fear comes from Satan who's trying to demote you. The great poet Rudyard Kipling from England said this. He said, of all the liars in the world, sometimes the worst are our own fears. And we've got to say, no, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to win the battle. And sometimes things... That, that, that you look at, you think, oh, ne oh, no, I'll never be able to do it. They seem like, like impossible. Uh, there's a great inventor that used to be in America and in the car industry, a man called Charles Kettering, and he was a, an inventor and a businessman and an engineer, worked for General Motors, 
from 1920 to 1947, and you're all enjoying some of his inventions. The starter motor in a car, he invented that, and uh, he invented uh, leaded petrol. He was used in the development of safety glass in motor vehicles as well. He also developed the, 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 the Freon that's in the fridges and in, in, in air cons. So a brilliant man, and, and he used to get frustrated and impatient with people who used to tell him that obstacles were insurmountable. And he said this, in speaking about this, he said, it is like the doctors with their incurable diseases. Did you ever stop to think what an incurable disease is? It is one the doctor doesn't know how to cure. So disease isn't incurable, it's just that we don't know how to do it. But if someone knows how to do it, you see, we've got to, we've got to recognize that fear tries to keep us from trying. And we've got to step out, and we've got to win the battle with our fears, because that's when we can move up in life. David won the battle with fear. That's why he was able to defeat the giant. Number two, the second area is the area of our sins. I know you didn't think I'd bring this up this morning because you're all saints, but how many of you know they're besetting sins in our lives that can drag our lives down? You want to see a family ruined? The besetting sin of adultery, the besetting sin of unfaithfulness ends up reducing that family to a split family to a broken family, to a family with legal costs and debts. Hmm? And you blame the devil. No, no, you didn't win the battle. The battle over sin. And all of us, sin is waiting to take hold of us if we're not careful. The Lord said way back in Genesis to Cain, right at the beginning of time, he said to Cain, sin is crouching at your door. Watch this. It wants to rule you. In other words, it wants to have rank over you, but you must overcome it. And I think we can win over sin. You've got to believe that this year is not going to be a year where your sins are going to rule you. When you're going to be coming to communion service every month and you're going, oh God, I'm here again, standing in the need of grace. Oh God, I'm pregnant again. Don't know who the father is, but thank you for the mercy and the grace of God. How many children are you going to have until you start realizing you're going to win the battle over sex? this making sense this morning? You know, you can win over something, but if you're not careful and you drop your guard in battle, you can, you can go into a battle and you can fight and fight, but if you drop your guard, you'll lose your head. And sin is waiting at the door to come take us over. If you've been a person who's been an alcoholic or a drug addict, or you've had certain kinds of sins where, you, where you've, you, you've stolen stuff, don't think you've won that battle and that battle will never come again. You will fight battles until you go to the grave. And if you give in, you say, well, you know, and now at my age, I don't think, do you want to live as a slave? Or would you rather fight battles and end up at the high rank? I was reading about this woman called Jeanette Fiddler. She's got an appropriate name, Fiddler. She was a heroin addict, but she fiddled with other people's property. She stole at the gym that she worked. While they were exercising, she went into their lockers, unlocked, stole their phones, their wallets, all sorts of stuff. She ended up going to jail because she racked up 218 convictions over a 20-year period. She came out of jail 10 years later looking like a million dollars. You think, oh, great, she's reformed, she's amazing, things are going to go well, she's a new person, but she hadn't won the battle. She had just been put in prison. How I many you know prison doesn't change you, only Jesus does? You need a heart change. So guess what she does? She goes back again. 
comes out of prison in 2010. By 2012, she's back in jail again because she starts visiting gyms and waiting for moments when things are unguarded. And she starts visiting hotels and stealing handbags. In the end, she's put back in prison. 2014, she lost her battle and she's back on heroin. So guess what? She ends up a prisoner, not only in prison, but a prisoner of drugs. You see, you've got to win the battle over your besetting sins. God's not going to do it for you. And if you want to be ranked among the great in life, you've got to think about this and say, okay, I'm determined that I'm not going to give in. Now, God has given you a position of an overcomer, but your position must become one in practice. Notice what it says here. And I want to read these verses because this is where we get it wrong. And I, and I, and I believe we, we can be overcomers. We don't have to be influenced by Hollywood and do everything the world does. 1 John 5 and verse 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. But let's backtrack to 1 John chapter 2. Are you all with me? Very quiet in the services this morning. Is the conviction that strong? 1 John 2, he says, I write to you young men, not old men, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, watch, and you have overcome the evil one. Can you see he's talking about position? But often our position is not our practice. You can have a position in God which is your legal position, but in practice and reality, you're not living there, you're living as a slave. Let me give you an example. You can be married but you can be very unhappy. If you're unhappy in a marriage, it doesn't mean you're not married. I'm just reminding you. So I'm not married. No, you are married. You're just married and unhappy. You have a position, but no practice. There ain't any joy of any kind. Hmm? There ain't no feasting. You get my point? You can have a bank account with lots of money in it, but you can walk around in rags. Why? Because you've got a position, but in practice, you're not spending the money or using it. Now, we are overcomers, but if we don't practice that and, and live like that, then we won't overcome, and we won't enjoy the rank of princes with God. We'll enjoy a rank of slaves bound by our sins. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you've got to be careful. Listen, Ulysses Grant he left the army, he lost the rank of private, why? Because drink was a battle he lost. So he had to resign. And if you're not careful, if you allow yourself to go down, down, down as a Christian, you won't be a slave anymore, you'll be out the kingdom. So the choice is ours to go up or to let the devil drag us right out into defeat. Number three, are you still with me? Our bad habits. We have to win the battle over our bad habits. David fought the lion and the bear, and those prepared him to fight the giant. And you can't allow bad habits to creep in. Bad habits with discipline. Your thinking has to be disciplined. Alcohol, drugs. You have to discipline your mind, and you have to be brutal. You have to have people around you who help you. Do you know that when you're in isolation, you'll never overcome, you'll never win a battle on your own. You win a battle when other people help you and they hold you accountable. And I think that as Christians, we need that more and more. 2 Peter chapter 2 says this, for people are slaves 
to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord Jesus, sorry, knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Can you see your end might not be high rank, it might take you back down. You've got to say, hey, I've got some bad habits. I need people around me to help me. Habit of not reading. I had a friend who used to come and visit me early in the morning. He lived two houses away from me. He'd jump over the fence. It wasn't allowed, but the lady overlooked it. And he'd come to my house. And he'd open the Bible with me, and he helped me get into the Word and read the Word. At the time, I was in business, and I didn't read that much. I did, but I didn't read as much. And he helped me get over the bad habits. Who have you got in your life that's going to help you win the battle? Because you don't win the battle on your own. I was reading about this businessman Indian businessman, he's a computer programmer, his name is Manish Seti, he's from San Francisco, and uh, he runs his own website and internet business called Hack the System, and uh, he found that whenever he was you know, sitting in front of his computer for hours on end, day and night, and that was his job, he found he kept going onto the internet and looking at Facebook and all sorts of other stuff and getting distracted. So he advertised on Craigslist, Craigslist for, for someone who he pays 70 rand an hour, and when she just sits next to him, and whenever he goes on Facebook, or some website he shouldn't, she smacks him. <laughs> Ridiculous, true story. Well, eventually her slaps were not strong enough, and you can see she's smiling, so he employed a two meter tall Swedish man who claps him with a varum clap. <laughs> and this is the way he's, over, he's trying to overcome his bad habits. Now you might laugh at that, how desperate are you to get ahead in life, to get ahead in business? Or just, oh, well, that's me. He's doing something. And your battles will determine your rank. How serious are you about moving forward? Number four, are you still with me? The fourth area is our laziness. Now, I'm talking about people in other churches because this is going on TV. <laughs> How many of you know every one of us in the room has a tendency towards laziness? It's part of our sinful nature. We want the easy route. And you know, when Jacob was a young man, his mother tried to get him the easy route to rank. You're not the firstborn, but I'm gonna put fur on you. And I'm gonna get you to make a meal. Then you go to your father, and your father's gonna think you're the brother, and he's gonna give you the blessing. How many of you know you're gonna win battles to get rank? You don't just get them through deceit. South Africa's in a place where we think we can get everything through deceit. It doesn't last. You know what Jacob had to do? He had to go and fight his battles for himself. It was only once he wrestled with the angel and battled with God and said, I want you to bless me and battled through past his own desires that God blessed him and he became a prince with God. His mother saw what he could be, so she tried to take the shortcut. Here, put some, put some hair on you. Go to your dad. No, 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 no. What, what the parent sees is not necessarily where the child's gonna end up. You know, what God the Father, the parent sees for your life is not just gonna happen because God sees it. God sees it, you're gonna have to battle to it. And you're gonna have to battle past laziness, the desire to lie down, the desire to give up and just do whatever you feel. You know, people who are lazy will always end up in the low place in life. You can put them in a high job, you can pay them a high salary, but their laziness will always take them down. Ambrose Pierce, a U.S. poet, said this, definition of laziness, unwarranted repose of manner in a person of low degree. In other words, the fancy words there means chilling. 
A person who just chills, but they're in, see, you, you can only do that when you're in a place of nothing. But people of high degree, don't, they, they, they realize, I can't, I've got responsibility. I've got daily battles to fight. I've got the clock to fight. There's a job to do. Are you with me? And I'll tell you what, if you are lazy, you will never succeed in life, and you will be a bitter person because you'll think it's the government's responsibility to give you a position in life. It's not, it's yours. Your battle determines your rank. We live in Africa, and if you've ever seen a giraffe give birth, it's quite a sight. When a baby giraffe comes out of its mother, it falls three meters to the ground. Dwah! And it lands on its back. It's quite a jolt. What, Im what immediately happens is the giraffe will flip over the baby and tuck its legs under it and try and find security because it's used to being in that position in the womb. The mother will sniff it for about a minute, then it does a very strange thing. It takes one of its feet and it gives it a wallop. Wah! The thing goes flying and it's sprawling all over the ground. And then the mother goes over it to, to it again and looks at it. If it's not standing up, she gives it another kick. Wah! And she'll kick that giraffe continuously until it stands up on its own feet. Because it's teaching the giraffe something. If you don't get up from lying down, you're going to take your place with the ranks of the dead. Nothing in life is achieved through laziness. And God's got a great plan, but we've got to win the battle over laziness every day. When that alarm clock goes off, even when we're at home, you've got to further, your can I just say this? Your education does not end when you leave university. Oh, well, now I've got my degree. Well, good for you. A piece of paper. We want to see what you can do. And you've got to keep educating yourself. And the lazy will not move forward in life. You know, churches don't grow. They don't grow because God hasn't blessed them. The Lord doesn't, the Lord doesn't say to the angels, come quick, we're leaving this one. There they go through which exit? Oh, they went through that one. There goes the Lord. Oh, God's gone. That's why we only have a hundred. And people get resent, resentful of large churches. But large churches are the result of large people. Growing pastors, growing team, growing people in the pew create growing influence. Your battles determine your rank. Nothing in life is accidental. Am I making sense? Okay, let me ease the pain. Number five. Who's being helped this morning? Number five, our self-doubt and anxiety. We've got to win the battle over our self-doubt and anxiety. If you're a normal person, you will have thoughts going around in your head and they're becoming worse and worse as we move forward in culture. The devil is bringing more people to a place of depression and suicide than ever before and creating anxiety and stress in people. And you've got to be careful that you don't allow what you think of yourself to rule you You've got to allow what God thinks about you to rule you. And it's a daily battle to get over self-doubt and anxiety and to trust God. Notice here in Psalm 39, if you try and win this battle on your own, the psalmist says, I kept quiet, not saying a word, not even about anything good, but my suffering only grew worse and I was overcome with anxiety. Can you see if you just keep everything to yourself and you just keep going over your thoughts, you're going to end up being a slave to depression and to tablets. What's the answer? Well, we've got a battle to fight, and this is how you wage war. 
Psalm 119, verse 28. The psalmist again declares the truth. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. You've got to win the battle over your mind and over the influences of this culture by constantly getting the word in so that you shape your thinking with God's thinking, not with your thinking. Are you with me? David did not go out there full of cocky confidence. I'm young. I'm strong. I'm not old Saul. Check me with a sling. They haven't seen me yet. Picture this way. Picture that way. Picture with a sling in there. Picture from the back. Check my calves. Tattoos. No, 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 no. None of that nonsense. He positions himself in God. The God Almighty who has a covenant with Israel. He knows the word of God. You've got to know the word. People say, I read every day and I don't get anything out of it. W. Torrey said this. He said, you know what you must do? You've got to read the same passage 12 times until eventually it gets entrenched in you. Because you can't watch Netflix and binge watch 12 episodes, then go to the Bible and read three verses. I've got nothing out of it. <laughs> Come on. I know that. You watch a couple of episodes on Netflix... You go to bed and you start dreaming about what you watched. Gets in your brain. It's a battle. What's talking about legalism here? You can't do this, you can't do it. If you want to win the battle over depression, over self-doubt and anxiety, you've got to get the word in. Because you can be talented, gifted, and rich, but if you don't win the battle in here, you'll be among the ranks of the dead. Some of you are old enough to remember the legend Judy Garland. Way back... In 1969, at the age of 47, she died of an overdose of barbiturates. She was taking pills constantly. She had tried to take her life 20 times before that. She was a child star at 13. In The Wizard of Oz, she sang that famous song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. She, by the time she was 18, was seeing a psychiatrist. She was married five times, frequently ill. She took drugs to bring her down so she could sleep and pepper up so she could act. But eventually, she went into her room, took an overdose of tablets, and she died. Gifted, incredible. And in 1969, church, not, not the other day, this is a long time ago, she died and she was worth 300 million rand. What's that today? 500 million? 600 million? You see, you can have money and, and you can have fame and you can all have, but if inside here you're not winning the battle because you don't have God's word, you've got Hollywood in there. Can I encourage you? Don't let Hollywood fill your head because hmm? you'll be holly high in the end. You need, to get, you need to get God's word in your head. Seriously. Fame and, you know, people, people are desperate to become famous. Get the look and... Some people who follow me on Instagram, I, forgive me if you're in the church, but I open you, see, oh, they follow me, I open it up, uh, 25 posts, and I'm like, okay, so there's one of the dog, one of the cat, and the others are all. <laughs> Heaven's above, man. Do you think that's what's needed to get you ahead in life? I was reading about Lorraine Scott. She's a designer and uh, had a long relationship with uh, Mick Jagger. But before that, she was married twice in three years. Top, top designer, did Madonna's outfits, all the top actresses, 
highly, highly acclaimed and respected, went out with Mick Jagger for several years, and then one day he gets a phone call. She hung herself in her Manhattan apartment. When, when she died, listen, she left Mick Jagger 140 million rand, 2014. You see, fame and good looks and being with the, with the set is not enough. You need peace in here. And there's so much noise going on. You've got to win the battle of your mind. If you go to the airport, you'll see many people sitting with noise-canceling headphones on. I've got a pair. I use them to listen to music and to cancel noise when I fly. And a noise-canceling headphone is very interesting. It's got a little microphone inside. And what it does is it reads the noise, and noise has a wave. And what happens is the noise-canceling headphone creates a wave that's exactly opposite to that wave, which then cancels it out, and you get almost silence. And you know what God's Word does? God's Word reads the situation in our lives, and then it cancels out everything that's trying to influence us and gives us peace. But it's a battle, and the battle is won with the weapon of the word. Are you with me today? And so we've got to win the battle over anxiety. Number six, we've got to win the battle over our troubles. Think quickly with me and write quickly with me. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but do not be afraid. Take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, we overcome the world and our troubles in Jesus. And sometimes you can think, man, my life is just trouble. I was born to trouble. It's because of where I was born. It's because of how I was born. It's because of the race I was born. We have all sorts of reasons why we are who we are. But you know what? Everyone has trouble and everyone has to win the battle over trouble. Troubles relationally, troubles with money. It's a battle. Every day, trouble will come to you. You, you, will, you will tell yourself, my car, I'm paying the last payment this month. It's going to be the end of debt. And then you pay that payment, and the next day you have an accident. Or the roof starts leaking. Isn't that how life is? You've got to win the battle over troubles. And you've got to say, oh, this, is, this is a life battle, but trouble's not going to knock me down. Trouble's not going to be the thing that destroys me. I'm going to win over trouble. See, church, we need to remember, in, in, in India, there's what they call the caste system. There are five castes and levels of society. We have classes in our, in our country. We have the, the, the poor, the middle class, and the rich. But they have castes, and they say you're born into it. Either you're born a Brahmin at the top, you know, the educators, the intellectuals, or you're born what they call the untouchables. You don't even want to talk to them. And no one can get out of their caste. You're born into it. You can only be reincarnated. If you're, a, if you're good, then you'll be reincarnated to the next level. Rubbish. You can move up in life anytime you decide. You decide to win the battle. The battle over trouble. The battle over desire. The battle over fear. The battle over self-doubt. The battle over bad habits, the battle over sin, you can move up in life anytime you want. It's a decision that you take, and God wants to help us do it. And I think people, no matter where you are today, you've got to realize that it's a battle. I was reading about this woman, inter interestingly enough, young lady, Simone Battle. Isn't that interesting to have a name like that? She was a, with her band a finalist in X Factor. And her band, GRL, 2011, they were one of the finalists. They were doing incredibly well. She's on, on the end where the, where the name is. 
and uh, she did great, but she had some troubles in her life, and she never shared them with anyone. She wasn't a believer. She started having money trouble. I mean, this, this, this is a lovely, lovely young lady, but you know what? She just couldn't get the breakthrough, and she had no help. So guess what? At 25 years old, she goes into a room, and she hangs herself. Now, many of you sitting in the room think, if I looked like that and I won that, now will I tell you what, eh? You know how many followers I've had? Now, you see, it's all about the battle, not about the posture. Don't look at people on social media and think they don't have battles. They're just not showing you the battle. And we have to be people who understand that life is full of battles and we have to win them. And we can win them when we don't fight them alone, but with the help of others, the help of the Holy Spirit, and the help of the Word of God. Can you say amen? Number seven. We've got to, this is the last battle we've got to win. We've got to win the battle over our difficult relationships. Too many people end up losing in life because they walk out of difficult relationships. Some of you in the room today might be in marriages that are difficult. You better win the battle. You say, well, she's a battle axe. <laughs> yep. It's will against will. And marriage is the yielding to Christ. And when David defeated the giant, don't think that was the last battle he fought. He didn't suddenly fight Goliath and then become a king. He became the king's son-in-law. And guess what was the biggest battle in his life? The biggest battle in his life was that his father-in-law didn't kill him. Do you know that Goliath didn't even throw a spear, David? But Saul did on two occasions. You see, your biggest battle sometimes is not with the open devil. It might be with the devil that lives with you. And I'm kidding. <laughs> David didn't just win fighting Goliath. He had to win over his father-in-law. And he stayed humble. He stayed uh, careful. He stayed submitted. And he honored God. And the battle of submission is a difficult one. You work with a difficult boss. Oh, you're looking for another job because you work with the devil. Maybe the Lord put you there. Because the Bible tells me that Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Maybe God gave you that job, not the devil. So when I'm working with Satan, well, learn to overcome him. Win that battle and promotion is ahead of you. Oh, I can see you like that one. About four people want to clap, but they're not sure. You see, if you don't win the battle with difficult people, you won't get far in life. I was reading about a man called Laszlo Toth. He went into the Vatican and he attacked one of Michelangelo's statues with a hammer. He started chipping away at the Pieta, beautiful statue, chopped off the nose, broke off one of the arms, some of the veil of Mary. I mean, one of the most beautiful statues in the world and people wrestled him to the ground and he was arrested. They actually let him off because he was a bit insane. And um, today, if you go and visit the Vatican, that statue is no longer open. It's got a, what's called plexiglass in front of it. There's a, there's a sheet of glass in front of it. And you know, when I read that story, I realized this. There are people that hate the image of God in you. And they will attack it and try and destroy it. If you've been hurt, you've got to be careful that you don't live behind plexiglass where no one can get to you and hurt you again. You've got to be able to be vulnerable. And David entered relationships. And if we're going to win the battle, church, we've got to stay pliable and we've got to lean on God. Am I making sense today? Let me come to a quick close here. As I come to a close this morning, do you know what we need to do? We need to be overcomers. And overcomers are rewarded. 
In the book of Revelation, we don't have time for it this morning, but several times in chapter 2 and in chapter 3, the Lord speaks to the churches, the seven churches of Revelation. And he says this, to him who overcomes, in other words, to him who wins the battle, I will give, I will give, I will give. And he mentions several amazing rewards, but I like this one, it's the last one. He says here in chapter 3, verse 21, he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What higher rank could you get to than sitting on the throne with Jesus himself? But that's what's promised to the Christian who overcomes. You won't feel far from God. You won't feel distant from the Lord. The more you win the battles, the higher the rank until eventually you're walking with daily intimacy where the Lord is your friend, where you feel you're ruling and reigning in life with Christ, but how you get there is by winning your battles. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 